Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar. And uh, today's interview is with the amazing Dan Fisher, really great painter and tattoo artist. Super cool guy, really easy to talk to, really fun conversation, and uh, lots of cool insights, too. Um, yeah, went smooth as smooth as molasses. Is that what they say? Smooth as molasses? It was like butter. How about that? Okay, I've only got a tiny window of time to do this because my wife took my two granddaughters out for a walk and they're going to be back any minute. So I got to do this quick. Um, big news. Aside from the fact that I'm doing my first NFT drop on foundation um, Friday at noon, you can, I'll be posting on my socials, but Twitter's kind of the main place to go for that info. Anybody that's feeling weird about NFTs, I really urge you to look into it more. Um, there are issues with it, but I believe that the benefits greatly outweigh the issues and it's getting better all the time. It's constantly improving. So the environmental issues aren't as bad as they were when I first was looking into this, which was like almost a year ago. And I kind of waited to know what I was getting into. Anyway, it's just, it's such an exciting space. <clears throat> on Twitter. I know a lot of people hate on NFTs and I used to be one of them. So I, I deserve any hate I get because I, I, I was hating for a while. I admit it. I'm ashamed, but I learned and, um, and now I'm completely into it and totally psyched about it. I think this is, I think this is, you know, I don't want to say too much because what if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's going to be huge, huge for every artist um and collector and uh, i don't know uh we're gonna have to have an episode on nfts in the near future the more i learn about it so we'll see how it goes after this first drop i just wanted to do one to get my feet wet you know one myself um i did one other one was created of a thing i did through um dark art emporium but that wasn't really that wasn't me doing it that was commissioned to do a painting that they were going to turn into an nft and sell themselves anyway um so but the big news is i got my books today i got the dystopia books today i can't believe it this dude showed up with his truck and there's there was four six pallets of of i posted on my social media channels um pictures of it in my driveway in my backyard and it's a lot <laughs> It's a lot of books. And so I just spent today moving them into my garage Two, I got two pallets moved. My back's killing me. And uh, I guess I'll finish. There's no rain in the forecast for the next 10 days. Thank God. But I'll finish um, moving those in probably tomorrow. Well, definitely tomorrow and maybe into the next day, but wow. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I wish I could talk more about it, but like I said, I kind of have to get through this so that, that uh, before the kids get back here. Um, yeah, it's exciting news. So anyway, I still have to order boxes. I've got I've got things to do. So they're not going to be for people who back the Kickstarter. They're not, they're not going to be going out right away, but they're the first order of business for sure. So if you've kickstarted, if you're on board with the Kickstarter five years ago, finally, I'm coming through. I'm coming book with a coming through with a book five years late but it's 
twice as thick as I was planning, twice as many pages, twice as many images, twice as much information. And the, the price of the book is not going to be cheap because it is such a big book. So if you ordered it on Kickstarter, you basically got it for half price. So hopefully that makes up for it. And hopefully the book itself will make up for it because it is an amazing book. I'm really proud of it. It's, it's, it's way better than I hoped for. And I was hoping for a lot. So anyway, let's get on. Um, if you, uh, if you want to support this podcast, you can share what's we're trying to kind of Dan brought this up at the very end of this interview. Unbeknownst to me, honestly, I didn't tell him to do it. I swear. Um, and, and asked people to share this podcast. And I thought, you know, maybe I should mention that in the intro and, um, and uh, try and get a campaign of people sharing this podcast more just because I want to get it out to more people because I think it's so good. And the, the artists' interviews, the artists are amazing. The interviews are great. And I think there's a lot of people that would love to um, hear it. So if you can share this, share the podcast on whatever platform you use, social media platform you use. And if you want to financially support us so we don't have to take, do ads or anything like that, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash darkartsociety, and you'll get your name read on the show, as well as get an invite to the private Facebook group where all the action is. And let's see who we've got. Um, Jason Lamone, who's been a podcast guest before. Thank you, Jason. I'm assuming it's the same Jason. Thank you. Uh, Tori Celeste, thank you for subscribing. The Mad Poet, thank you for subscribing. That's it for this week. Appreciate it. You're making the podcast happen. We're trying to constantly improve things. Got a, a lot of good guests coming up. And um, yeah, I'm just excited for 2022 um, for a lot of reasons. But So that's it. Let's get on with the interview. It's a really great one. I know you're going to enjoy it. Here we go with Dan Fisher. Okay, right. I got to say, got it. I have to approve. There we go. Okay. You have my, you have my consent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up, yeah. man? Hey, Chet. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, I've been planning on having you for a long time. Just finally got around really? asking you. Yeah, yeah. You're nice, just awesome, nice. man. I love your work. Thank you very I first much. Saw it. It's great. I really appreciate it. That's that's awesome. And you have a really weird technique, which I don't see oh, a yeah. lot of people doing, which is using a lot of airbrush. Yeah, well, it's it's almost like I use a little bit of everything I've ever done that works for me. So right. the airbrush has always been in the mix. Right. And I just keep throwing new elements into it. But yeah, the airbrush is awesome. It cuts out so much of the subtle blending technique that's difficult. I know. You just bang <laughs> it out real quick. I mean, you got to get back on. I know you used to airbrush way back when. Yeah. I think I even seen you posted uh, on your Patreon or something, one of your throwbacks of like, Oh, was it the guy with the hat, the airbrush for somebody? Did you do it for your wife? Maybe oh, yeah, yeah. An airbrush. I remember you told that. Or are you talking to somebody? Yeah, in high school. About it? it was something I painted in high school. The airbrush. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah what I, I got. That's what I got into it, too. Yeah. But I just keep going with it. But yeah. what, what did you just 
went right for the brushes, I guess, after a certain point. Yeah. Well, when I started painting, I was just, you know, I, I was using, I started in, uh, in um, high school just for fun. Cause I wanted to learn it. And then I got one and then I got into makeup effects. And one of the main tools as a painter and effects, most stuff has got is airbrushed to some degree. Yeah. Um, and so I used it just throughout that whole 20 years and, you know, just got really very intimately uh, uh, connected to the airbrush tour. I could take it apart, every single part of it and get new mm -hmm. valves if I needed to, yeah. or the air, like just because it was like something I was using for work, much like I'm sure you do with your tat tattoo machines. Um, yeah. Do you, do you remember the first time you took an airbrush apart? Were you afraid to, yeah, to yeah. put it back together? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had it like all laid out and I even might even labeled like certain pieces, like where they went <laughs> yeah. in. Now you, I do it. I'm not looking, I'm watching YouTube. I'm doing it just blind now. You know? Yeah. It's like, gun, it's it. like uh, military people could just take their gun, sure. gun apart and clean it <laughs> and put it back together without looking. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. But I, I, I started, but when I started painting all the painters, other than Giger that I was really into were, brush artist so i was like yeah i want to learn how to brush paint i taught myself how to do that and then i kind of learned enough to you know get do make decent paintings and then i pulled the airbrush back out again because i was like just thinking probably what you you were thinking it's like airbrush would be great to somehow incorporate into my work and i and i went back and started doing it i was like i don't know if i lost my touch or what but it wasn't working the way i thought it was going to work and it was just like I tried one painting like that and I was like, yeah. I'm going to go back to brushes because <laughs> it's like, I've already yeah, got this it, worked out. You definitely, it's all about like just having the the hand of it or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's kind of like tattooing where if you're thinking about what you're trying to do, that's right. the worst thing you can do. You have to almost look where you're going, not what you're doing because then right. you're focusing too much on what you're doing versus what you're trying to accomplish with the tool. Right, it has right. to be a part of you, just like you probably have with the brushes. You don't look at like, how the brush is hitting the canvas you're just looking at what you want it to do or right. whatever yeah yeah so that muscle memory it takes, thing yeah it takes a minute to get into it but i've been doing it for a while now with the airbrush so i'm almost i i have it down to what i need to do with it so now i'm intentionally doing everything different to try to see what else it can do hmm. so i'm constantly in the state of what does this do what does that right. do you know so always trying to you know be in that moment of creating the next technique with it or whatever you want to say but yeah it's cool man you, there's so much you can do with it um i even tried uh you know tried spraying all kind of different things through it but half the time it doesn't work so i like to experiment and try new stuff because right. it's like I, I feel like i'm on the cusp like oh maybe i'm the first one to do this right. <laughs> and you're like oh wait that's why they don't do that that's stupid right yeah i was even thinking when i was doing uh, more of the oil painting and stuff I'm like, man, it'd be cool if I could spray oil paint through this. I and thought then the it's same like, thing too. And then I and realized it's like, you probably die, right? Yeah, like, you, exactly. you would just die instantly. Yeah. You'd probably Super be pretty dangerous. Bad. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, one thing I, I learned in effects that blew my mind about after all those years <clears throat> working with the airbrush, I didn't know this. Um, once I started working at Rick Baker's, um, I was painting, I think it was prosthetic or something for the ring i think a dummy version of the little girl or something and mm. and or prosthetic i don't remember what it was but i remember kazu the guy who was king that he showed me how to do this airbrushing technique where it's like there's no line work whatsoever it's all layers of super super thin spatter yeah you, you would thin the colors down so thin you'd think there's no way this is gonna work it's too thin it looks it's like water and he would thin yeah. it down with um 
uh, 70% alcohol, I believe, and got him got like, he'd get like three or four colors, super thin, turn the pressure on the airbrush way down to like barely anything. And then turn the airbrush straight up and down like this and just kind of push the button. And it would just kind of drizzle these big blobs of like uh, a little spattle. Spatter. Spat yeah. Spatter, but not without concentrated color. It was weird. So it would spatter all over. And as soon as it hit, it would like fuzz out a touch, but it was mm. still spattery. And it's like, he got it down to where it just was so easy to paint. You just do like different layers of this, of these colors. It was like, Oh my God, that looks like real skin. You know? Yeah. Yeah. When, when something works right like that, it's almost like you discover like a little cheat code. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> sometimes when I do this, the spatter I'll, I'll intentionally like, um, if you sh like, if it's there's no air going through it, but you pull back and you allow paint to flow into the needle and then you All right. hit it, it, yes. it clears it out. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> you can get that stippling effect with that too. So I like to do that with any kind of the graininess. Um, but I transitioned doing that into just using sponges now. So I can just sponge a lot oh, of really? that texture in. That's yeah, cool. man, I, I throw everything at it. I mean, I, I find that the sponge keeps a, a nice inconsistent texture too. And if you're sitting there spattering, 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 you can spend a long time doing right, that. You can right. just throw, throw a sponge at it and create all that. So it's all about right. trying to get through it quickly to get to the next piece. I remember, okay, we, we, we'll get back to your, I mean, I want to get into your life story, but, but this reminds me, there was a guy named, I got to find a good brush to demonstrate this off. Uh, Sean, his name was Sean McEnroe. He was like America, one of the American werewolf in London crew. And just like, an, okay. One of the, one of the Rick Baker's main dudes, this might be good. And he got, he got, he showed me, this is on the blob when I first started working with all these big shots and he was showing, he's really cool. Showed me how to paint with a brush. And so he took a brush that was like, just kind of a, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. 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 Something yeah. like, like a round, a big fat round brush. I think they were like camel hairs or something, but he got, um, there was probably like one, two, three, four, ten brushes and he taped them all together so it was like one big brush and the brush to rule them all <laughs> and he like and he had the bristles all screwed up like smashed yeah. and then he taped them all together so it made this big fat brush that was uneven and you just go like tap 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 with the, your color and it would make these amazing uneven yeah. marks i keep i yeah i do the same thing i keep um old brushes that are messed up from like cleaning yep. them too much and they get all messed up yeah oh that's good for that specific look now so the thing that it starts doing that is wrong with the brush you're like oh i'll set it aside right i need that i'll do that <laughs> um absolutely i thought you were gonna say I, I i take old brushes too that are really messed up and i actually take scissors and kind of mess them up even more mm -hmm. and with the airbrush you can spray through that so right. if you're like it's almost like masking but you're masking hair Mm -hmm. So like if you want to create real thin lines or even a hair look like a fuzziness, you can spray through that and maybe move uh, it. That's a good and you idea. Get like, you get like 25 little wrinkle strands oh, cool. that like are super fine. It, it's hard. It's, a lot of that stuff doesn't uh, translate into the photos you take of like a right. bigger painting. Yeah. But you got when you're looking at it in person, you see it, I'm yeah. sure. 
that okay one one last geek out thing and then we'll move yeah. on because yeah, i can no, get going no, on cool. for days about this but the life story goes quick there's not a lot to tell there <laughs> well the uh there's a guy named tom flouts and the fx business is really amazing especially doing realism like amazing super realistic silicone heads kind of like kazu level realism and i remember i saw him painting he would take thin coarse foam that's kind of like um a thin sheet of coarse black foam that's kind of like air conditioning okay uh, a screen almost screen yeah almost like a screen but it's it's foam you know so it's like got this uneven cell structure like little dots and he would hold that up and spray through that and it would it would make this soft like for age spots and just like kind of a like a blotchy uneven look it would just spray same kind of principle but it was really cool worked really cool yeah the, uh, you can get creative with finding different masking things i mean i have all the different airbrush texture stencils and whatnot but i find that i use more of the things that i just come across i have like i got a bunch of different doilies at the thrift store and oh, i'll yeah. cut out you know like the old like your grandma might have for a tablecloth mm-hmm. and they have like like the ribs or the yeah. grooves or you know you might even have like a, a weird flower but if you cut just the petal off now you have you know an inconsistent texture that looks natural that you can real quick grab spray and you're done versus yeah. trying to create that and you're getting super close and make that texture versus just you know quickly applying it but um yeah that's that stuff works where it's good it's like everyone probably has their own little technique that they do with the that kind of whatnot yeah no that's super super fun stuff okay anyway so let's hear your life story <laughs> were you oh, the, oh that were you an art kid did you when did you start oh, art? No. when did you start tattooing when how did this all happen all right you, you kind of broke up a little bit but i've heard the podcast before so i figured you asked me how i started yes um same as like 99 of the people you've interviewed like drawing from an early age um i was never i was always an art kid but i was never the art kid in school mm. Um, not until later in high school that I actually started even showing people what I was doing. I was kind of oh, like wow. a closeted art kid because uh-huh. I wasn't good. So it was like, it took me forever to get past that, wow. you know, that threshold of like, yo, you want to look at this? But then once I did, you know, I became more of an art kid. But yeah, always drawn. I mean, ever since that I can remember, I mean, my parents even have some of the old stuff from like, I actually have something framed that's from kindergarten. And it's like a clown, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone in the class did it, but like my parents even kept that, you know? Wow. So I thought it was cool. It was like the earliest thing I could find that I drew. Um, so I have that in my art room. So, it's almost so like, they were, right. they were su- supportive of that? Of oh, absolutely. That's yeah, great. yeah, absolutely. They have always, uh, I mean, every always colored pencils and paints and paper. And I actually, oddly enough, my parents owned uh, like an office furniture, used office furniture business Um their whole life, you know, their whole family business kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So I always had like drafting tables, like real professional equipment, (laughs) chairs, drafting stools, easels. They they would get this stuff. (laughs) They would go to like offices and buy everything and then sell it used. But my dad would come home and be like, oh, I got a drafting table. You know, I'm like, oh, I can draw on that. So I've always had the best equipment. Um, And, you know, just kind of, I was very lucky in that way. But yeah, always super supportive. 
um, all the way up into the point when I, you know, told them that I was going to tattoo. And then it was like, well, why would you want to do that? You know, but, <laughs> that's not but that art. Was, yeah. You know, but this was in like, this was like, Oh, four. So like right. their experience and they're not tattoo people. Right. They don't have, you know, they don't have yeah, tattoos yeah. and stuff like that. And they, they didn't quite understand what that meant. Like I wanted to do art and I wanted to do tattoos. Their experience of that was the typical sailors and bikers, yeah, and gangs exactly. and, you know? Yeah. yeah. But um, if you're not exposed to I mean, the once culture, I got into it and kind of showed them oh, are you still I, there? Oh, sorry. I just said once you're until you're exposed to that tattoo culture, a lot of people don't realize that it's yeah, just another medium for yeah. art. And it, you know? it actually one of the things that I think helped them when I was in my apprenticeship, I started tattooing around 05 when I was in my apprenticeship that um that's when the, the shows started coming out on TV, like the mm. Miami Inc. and uh, that kind of stuff. And I think that they watched that and realized that it was more about being an artist. So right. that actually helped help me out a lot because they were able to watch it. And then they would like tell me what they saw, you know, like, oh, we saw like <laughs> oh, they cool. knew about it. So even then they're supportive because they wanted to learn more about it. So, yeah, it's been cool. That's cool. So how did you get what how did you get in, uh, interested in tattooing? Um, it just I, I knew that if I was going to do art the best I could have had to do it every day. You know what I mean? All day, every day. And I had to mm -hmm. work at it and, and never stop. And then maybe by the time I'm 40, 50, 60, I could then master what it was to be an artist. Um, so I wanted to, I got my first tattoo when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, whoa, they're like the best, they're the best artists. I mean, right. they get to put it on the skin. So I was like, man, if I just, maybe if I draw like nonstop, I can do that one day. So yeah, from, I was 18 when I got my first one and I was 20 when I got my apprenticeship. So I did, I, I would get tattoo magazines and I would just try to copy and redraw them and draw them different. And when I went for an apprenticeship, I had a portfolio that had just like hundred drawings and paintings and airbrush it was like look what i have you know <laughs> so i was very prepared you know and i think they were like okay you know so i was lucky to get my foot in the door and uh meet the people that i met in the industry and kind of got got going with it right but um yeah how was the apprenticeship um my apprenticeship just like everyone's i mean anybody you you, you talk to in the industry has a unique experience my experience was, I would say, rushed. Um, hmm. When I, I apprenticed, <laughs> I, I went in the first day and um, the person who I had previously met for showed my portfolio to that was like, yeah, we can do this. You come in, you know, we'll get the apprenticeship going. Told me to come in on this day, whatever, like a Wednesday. And I came in and they're like, hey, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here for the apprenticeship. And the, the person I talked to before wasn't there. So it's all like the artists and the owner wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, this is going good. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm the apprentice. And they're like, oh, cool. And then like the one artist yelled to the other artist that was actually tattooing. Like, oh, I guess we got another apprentice. Like it was completely news to them. They're like, oh, great. <laughs> and here come to find that like the owner was just taking a bunch of apprentices because at the time we were paying for the apprenticeship. So I actually had to give oh, money wow. to work there. Um, and that's just how it was from right. where I was apprenticing. Um, but real quickly, I learned that, you know, there's there's some people that are very talented in that industry. So I kind of hung out with that, yeah. that group, that person. That's the way um, to do it. Yeah. And the person who I wound up seeing working at that studio, um, I, I still work with them today. And this is like 17 years ago. Wow. 
yeah, his name is Ryan Lubajinski um, on Instagram, Alien Digits. He's like one of those artists that he kind of makes you mad because he does everything so well. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> anything he does is like amazing. You're like, oh, I kind of hate you a little bit. But um, <laughs> I was just like stand behind him, watch him. And I, I kind of just put all my energy into kind of doing what he needed because I knew that he was kind of the way that I was going to learn, you know. Right. Um, and then he you know, early in my apprenticeship, I was only there for a couple months and he okay. wound up getting a, he, he went uh, to another studio. So I was like, oh man, right? Like this guy, the guy that was kind of watching, <laughs> no one else that was working there was doing the work that I wanted to do. It was uh -huh. more of like your traditional style tattooing and things like that. He was kind of like pushing the boundaries. He, he read Guy Etchison's Reinventing the Tattoo and showed me that. Like, I was like, whoa, you can make things look like they're glowing, you know? Right. Um, and then yeah, other he's people. He's really good. I just got him on. Oh, yeah, man. He's the man. Um, so he got a job somewhere else. So, like, I just kicked butt. And actually, well, when he left, that's when I became an artist because they didn't kind of know he was leaving. So he, they were like, where'd he go? And it's like, all right, yeah, he got a job somewhere else. And they're like, well, I guess you're tattooing now. So that's how I became a tattooer. Oh, man. And it was like that day, like we have somebody filling out paperwork for you. Oh and it was my like, God. Oh. Yeah. And worst, worst case scenario. Um, I'm like, all right, I can do it. You know? And um, I had already done like a couple, you know, I did like five or six tattoos at the time, you know, just, <laughs> oh just getting in there. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I can do it. It was like a lettering tattoo. You know, I won't forget my first one was like an old English lettering on a guy's arm. So it was pretty basic in the world of tattooing. And I'm, I'm sitting down getting ready to do my first tattoo. And, you know, so how long you've been tattooing, <laughs> you know, and you're like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's my first time yeah well, i was like ah well i didn't lie to him like ah oh, you know almost a year you know? so technically it wasn't a lie you know yeah right um, that's good quick yeah quick thinking yeah but um it's the best way to learn anything get thrown into the situation mm -hmm. um so i learned you know real quick to you know do good enough work that people are willing to come back and get more work from you um after doing that for a couple months i actually wound up following ryan to the shop that he went to. So I was able to get hired as an artist there. Oh, wow. Basically, I should have still been an apprenticeship, but so I kind of rushed through it. That's um, cool. And I think, well, I think that's probably why I was able to learn so quickly because you, you know, typically an apprenticeship, you get the, the small ones, you get thrown really little things. Right. And, you know, they kind of, you know, ease you along the way as you're, as you're learning. But this was like, yeah, just go, whatever comes in, you're doing it. So, wow. One of them things. So, so did you, yeah, so I worked. Did you not have to go through the hazing? I always hear about people uh, getting there hazed. Wasn't, there wasn't really hazing. It was more like, this is what needs to be done. And I was so eager to do whatever they wanted. I would do it and do it better and to prove to them that they were, right. you know, okay, I'll do it. I'll show you this. I got to prove to you I can clean the window good in order to tattoo. I'm going to clean the window inside out. I'm going to right. tape it off. I'll paint the trim. Guess what? I cleaned the sidewalk. There was yep. glue outside. Like, I, I wanted to show them that, oh, I'm not going to clean the window. I'm yeah. going to clean all the glass, the mirrors. I took the mirror off the wall, clean behind it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I want to do this. You know, what right. else do I, do I have to prove to do? So I was always willing to do what I needed to because I That's wanted to cool. do it. That's great. Um, but yeah, then, I mean, as far as the tattoo career goes, I worked at that place with Ryan for a bunch of years. He wound up owned it, or opened up his own studio. I went somewhere else. And um, now we're back back together again at where we're working. So came full circle and uh, I feel like I've been working with the same group of people that I met from the beginning 
That's the amazing. entire career. So it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, you probably worked in shops with the special effects when you work with people for so long, it's like a whole nother, you know, oh, environment. Totally. Yeah. It's like yeah. a family, you know, makes you know all the difference. People, you see those people more than you do see your family. You I know. know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, we were working like 10, 12 hour days tattooing early on. Now mm-hmm. we're kind of spoiled. We work by appointment. Come nice. and go, you know, go in for a five hour. Hey, you earned it. Leave. You earned it. Well, that's it. You know, you feel bad now. You feel like you're a little guilty for, you know, making it work for you. But yeah, I guess, you you know, you earn it. So leave it, leave that for the younger kids. You've earned your, yeah. earned your time. Absolutely. Now there's more time to do other stuff. And that's kind of how I look at it. So if I get a, a half day or a quick day, I get to paint more. I feel All like right. I've definitely in the last couple of years been able to produce and finish more work and, yeah. and actually take on the responsibility of maybe being in an art show or something. Cause I know I can actually do it versus you right. know, having oh, to yeah. draw that, that next tattoo for tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work when it comes to that stuff. I mean, you're yeah, you've been always pr- working. You've been producing a ton, especially, I mean, at least since your Patreon that I, I joined your Patreon. Yeah. And uh, it's like, you're, you've created, work consistently uh art well you know paintings consistently since you started that thing i think well i found the secret i mean at least the secret for me there's there's these hours in the morning that people usually sleep (laughs) i decided to just wake up so i i don't even have to set an alarm i'm weird i'm like an early riser i don't know why so i'll wake up at like 4 35 in the morning and i used to just lay there and try to get back to sleep and then it turned into, all right, well, let me start watching documentaries. Let me watch TV. Let me try to fall asleep on the couch. And then like, then I would work all day. And I'm like, man, I don't have enough time to paint. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like waking up and I just start <laughs> doing this stuff. So for, since I started my Patreon, I mean, like e- almost every morning, you know, I'm up at five, you know, around there. Sometimes I sleep into like five thirty six or whatever, but yeah, four thirty five six. I wake up, drink coffee, and I just go in my art room and I start painting. And it's like three hours a day I can paint. Wow, that's great. And it's it's that's such a large amount of time. It is, it is, especially if you're that, focused during that period. It's like you can get yeah, a lot and there's done no one else around. Hours. The dog's still sleeping. Yep. You know, no one's bothering me. Not yep. that anybody really bothers me anyway. But but you're um, not getting texts and phone calls and stuff like that because yeah. everyone's asleep. That's I I do the same thing except it's at night and it's it sure. would be. And when I am disciplined, I do that early in the morning, but it's, it, it, I've all, I'm naturally night owl. So it's you're like, a night guy. Yeah. But I'm I falling wait. asleep by like <clears throat> 10 o'clock, you know, 10 yeah. o'clock. I'm literally falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> um, I used to work until midnight, you know what I mean? Tattooing, you know, oh, you wow. just wouldn't leave. If people were coming in, you didn't leave. That's wow. just how it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we lock the door so people don't come in because <laughs> you have an appointment. You don't want to be bothered, but right. yeah, you welcome everyone in back in the day. Wow. Um, so yeah, now waking up early is my, uh, my secret to getting the work done because it's, it's available time. Yeah. So yeah. I make it work for me. Well, it's working. Cause I mean, you've been in shows and just been producing a ton of work Yeah, and great, great work too. Great. Thank stuff. you. Really appreciate that. man. Yeah. Very, very, <laughs> very, um, you know, you, you, you nailed one of the most important things. Cause, cause it's like, when we first met, you were like not fully painting a lot, right? It's like you had painted, but you weren't yeah. like producing and, and trying to get in shows and stuff. Yeah. And I was still trying to figure out my technique. I right, was still trying to right. figure out the voice, you know, what I wanted to work right. like. So that's, and that's, I think that's, that's what the point I'm getting to is that you've, you've done that 
very important step, which is find your voice. Cause it's like, yeah. when I see your paintings, it's abs- there's no question. It's you did it. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest Every compliment time. is that you have a style, you know? And right. I think I, I went a long time and I don't know if it's because of tattooing and, you know, people bring you, this is what I want. So then you produce what they want. It's, it's a commission based oh, yeah. job. Yep. And you're trying to figure out what you want your paintings to look like. And then it's like, Oh, I like Giger. So I guess I'm doing Giger. And then you <laughs> right. get stuck and then you have an airbrush and you're like, everything's a Giger painting. <laughs> and then you, just one day you're like, Oh, that's his work. I'm just doing it. You know? Right. So then um, that's so natural I though. I think for when people, yeah. when they first start painting, you em- emulate your heroes. I did it with Bekshinsky sure. a lot. And yeah. eventually you, you, you start going, okay, I, I need to get away from this. And then you try and start figuring your own thing out. And then if you make enough paintings, it just happens on its own. Yeah. I think the trick is to not try to look like anything to just keep touching, touching stuff that you're working on. And then it comes out almost like separate yourself from it. Um, And that's kind of, you know, I guess that's how Giger did it. He wasn't trying to do Giger. He was just working and it came out, you know? Right. So just, uh, doing all the little things that I've learned as far as techniques, putting them down in a way, in a pattern, in the layers that work with each other, it just started to look like something. So then, you know, you just go with it. But I, yeah. I think that's the most fun. And I, I'm always like super excited to work on something because I don't know what it's going to be. Um, right. As you're working, you're kind of discovering it along the way. Yeah. And that's exciting and it's fun. And it's like, oh, what's where's this going? And then <laughs> yeah, you go yeah. down that path and it's, it really is fun. Um, one of the questions that, you know, I get asked a lot with my, my paintings and stuff, people are like, man, do you like visualize it? Do you see it? And then you paint it. It's like, no, I like, they're all surprised to me right. up until the last, the last stage. I'm kind of using, I guess what I know is what I've gathered with art to make it look better, you know, right. shading and color, you know, make it look right. Mm-hmm. But the first 75% is just chaos. And you're just trying to see something in it and then yeah. each little piece is exciting and it gets oh yeah and then you go down that path so yeah yeah it's like a puzzle puzzle game that you're yeah you're making the puzzle and solving the puzzle sure it's probably like meditation it, you know yeah, you're using the sure. same brain when you're not thinking about anything yeah yeah and you're just going you know you're allowing the art to be arted and you're just the driver of the, the yeah process. yeah 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 it's super fun and i love that approach too i mean that's how i approach it as well and it never gets old when you do that. It's not like, oh, yeah. I hear people all the time, like, you know, people talk to me, oh, I paint and do stuff. I'm always really excited to hear what people paint and how they do it. And I got all the questions. I'm a fan, you know, a fan of paint and art and all that kind of stuff. And you hear people like, oh, yeah, but I, I don't know what to paint. And you're like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, you just start painting. Like, you, right. you don't think about <laughs> it. Just do it. Um, yeah. And I'm always, I was always been really like, I would say kind of jealous of people that can work from a photo mm-hmm. and reproduce stuff because right. that's a skill like, in itself. I, I, it's so, it's so difficult to, to continually like to, to move the information because there's no like exploration in it. And I guess if you set something up, you take a photo, that's your process. Right. But right. when it comes to actually looking at reference, I'd rather do it wrong 10 times and learn how to do it through trial and error than look at the photo and reproduce it. It's something about it's not fun. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just uh, the way that suits you. I mean, I was, I was talking to yesterday, I was doing a mentorship 
on my Patreon talking to someone who was doing a portrait and I was explaining because it's doing a portrait is very difficult from reference. I think it's the hardest thing to do. That's why I respect mm -hmm. the hell out of these guys like Sean Cheatham and um, uh, uh, David Casson and Jeremy Lipking and these guys. It's like what you have, what you're doing, like the, the game, uh, the game that you're playing is instead of how, how we're like creating a puzzle and solving it, the game they're playing, the puzzle game they're playing is look at a photo or look at a person you're painting and don't see it as the person, see it as an abstract pattern of shapes and mm -hmm. colors and break it down into value, shape and color at, in an abstract way so that you can accurately put it down on the canvas because yeah. our brains are trained to think of like what we, our brains think that it knows what that face looks like, but it does Your brain will fill in, you'll, it'll yeah. fill in information too. Right, right. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to do it accurately, you can't rely on what your brain knows. You have to, you have to train your eye to see, to break the photo down into these pieces as like this abstract series of shapes and values and colors and then and then and that that is really hard because it's like you're yeah. retraining your brain you know like years learning of, how to see learning how to see exactly. something that you've learned to see a different way right yeah yeah, yeah. so that's kind of uh amazing too it's just a different it's a different puzzle game painting puzzle game you know yeah it blows my mind people that could do it to a level that's just like you're seeing them work on it and you're like, you still don't believe it. You're like, that's not real. Right. That's like that. that's, that's, that's I always tell the whole thing or something. I always tell that this Sean Barber story where I, he invited me to sit in on one of his classes and I was, and I'm not, you know, I'm not like a still life paint or a portrait life painting from life. I've done it, but it's, it's hard. It's hard. Me. Yeah. I, I don't do it. it a lot. And, um, and I remember he was, there was like five or six of us and, we were painting from a model and I just could not get the likeness. It mm -hmm. was just killing me. It was like, I know it's close, but it's not there. And he's like, do you mind? He came over to me. Do you mind? I'm like, no, go ahead. And he just grabbed the brush and it was like three strokes. And it looked just like her. And I was like, you fucker. <laughs> Transported it right to perfection. And it was like, yeah. just the fact that he was able to see that because I yeah. couldn't see what it needed. That's the hardest part is knowing what it needs, you know? How awesome would it have been if like you went to his class, he invited you to like, oh, we're painting from real life. And you know, you had your, oh, I don't know about painting portraits, you go there and it's like one of your monsters. And you're like, oh, I got this. Like, yeah, right. A portrait <laughs> of like one of your creatures, like, oh, and everyone else is struggling. Like, I don't get it. This that is easy. I didn't know painting from yeah. life was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Now he was, he was so cool and everyone was so cool there. And I was like super nervous. Cause I don't think I've, I'd ever taken a class before like that yeah. painting class. And oh man, I was really nervous. So, but it was great. If I forced myself to do it, cause I knew it was a great opportunity to learn, sure. from, learn from a guy like that. And I did it and it was great. Do you, um, did you take something away from that experience? Oh, for painting? Sure. Yeah. I mean, do you find yourself still using that kind of, those lessons of you push yourself in a situation where you're like, well, it's not what I do, but let's see what happens. And then later you're, you're drawing some kind of crazy, you know, painting some kind of crazy character. And you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this technique that oh, I for sure. sourced from this outside supply. Absol of absolutely. Absolutely. And I probably yeah. don't even remember what technically I learned, but you absorb it. You know, I know there's sure. one, I know there's one thing that I do remember that I think about 
and it was like uh what was it it was like she had an earring on or a nose ring mm-hmm. and he's like and i didn't have the curve right because i was painting around the nostril or the earlobe or something and he's like just paint through the earlobe or paint through the nostril i forget what it was so that you can get a nice the shape you want instead of worrying about keeping it away from that and sure it, and he's like just paint right through it and he just went and painted through it on my thing i was like and then just paint over the part that you don't want and i was like ah so obvious but <laughs> that's one of those things that you know i use that all the time now you know yeah you wanted to do it the hard way yeah. was like, what are you doing <laughs> but so yeah exactly i didn't know i didn't i didn't, didn't even occur to me to do it the easy way you know yeah um but yeah but i feel like i i also i took some like uh night school classes when i graduated high school with this because my dad told me about this really great art teacher in the in san pedro and i took they were not night school but it was like weekend classes and um it was life drawing just doing quick sketches from life and i only did like one i don't know how long it was a few weeks or something but just doing that once a week for i don't know maybe a couple months i didn't never I never perfected it to where I was just like one of those, one of these guys that could just do these life drawings or just killer right away. Just bam, just yeah. nail it. But I got enough out of it to where I'm like, I can, I can draw a figure pretty well out of my imagination now. And it's like, I know a lot of it has to do with that class I took that I don't even re- barely remember anything about. You yeah. Wrinkled I mean? your brain a little bit. You got some <laughs> specific lessons in there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, that's what I guess that's what everything is to like everything that you're bringing is a combination of all the experiences you had up until that point, you know, like yeah, every little sure. thing, every good thing, every bad thing. And we hardly um, remember any of it. I know. Or we remember all of it, but like it doesn't it's not in that part of our brain anymore. Right. It's that subconscious part right, that right. is always firing and we're just kind of being driven by it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting the way the brain works. It is for sure. So what, what's the, the shop you're at now? Um, it's called Valhalla Artworks. Um, my, one of my good friends, one of my best friends, uh, MJ Banano, I worked with him at the first place I tattooed with the dude Ryan I was telling you about. All three of us worked there. And then um, he went his own way, worked at a couple shops and wound up opening his own studio. Mm-hmm. And then when Ryan went to open his place, I didn't want to cross the bridge and go to a different state. He was going to Philly or PA Uh and um, I didn't want to make that commute. So I actually, I worked with MJ at this other place. So I left, worked with him for a couple of years. Um, He had a partner at that place, a piercer. So they were working together. They opened a shop together. They worked for a couple of years. They let me work there. And um, then he wanted to open up a different type of studio which that's the studio I'm at now called Valhalla Artworks. He wanted to do something that was more private, more kind of like off the, off the main street. Um, We don't seem like the best, the best way to do it. Yeah. I mean, if you can keep, if you can get the people to come to you, you don't have to be, you know, on a busy highway, you don't have to have signs outside. You kind of just make your appointments. You tell them the location. You don't have to do tattoos. You don't want to do kind of, you know, maybe. Yeah. Well, (laughs) there's always, there's always, I mean, again, it's, it's, you do what people want to do. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Tattooing is great. I mean, the the worst part about tattooing is that it's so fun and you want to just keep doing it because the next project's fun. Every tattooer, I know that it says that it's so much fun. Yeah, it's great. 
and even the, the tattoos, like I, I even had somebody just last week, I was tattooing this lady. I've tattooed her for a number of years, maybe like every year I'll see her. She hits me up and I'm doing like these, just like these bright, colorful flowers on her. And, you know, she's just like, oh, you, you probably hate doing this. I'm like, no, I, I actually, I, it's <laughs> fine. I like hanging out with you. I like doing the work. Right. You know, you're happy. I'm making art that you like and you want it on you. I'm still blown away that people, you know, like they want you to draw on them and it's going to be there forever. Right. Yeah, like, right. Holy moly. What, a, what, a, what an honor. Yeah. So, totally. I mean, I try to to take on as many of the projects that are like my artwork but unfortunately when you draw like aliens and fetuses and little <laughs> arms, you don't have a big clientele at least i don't you know there's people out there like the tommy lee wetner and stuff like that they get to do a lot of it right and that's awesome i get to do some of it but you know from where i'm at and my clientele you don't get to do it every day you know what i mean right, so right. i do a little bit of everything still but I imagine um, you're you're you the more I, I imagine the more you establish yourself as a painter, the more of that kind of work you'll be getting. Yeah, people they like it. I mean, it's it's cool. You know, people they'll say like, "Oh, I really like it," but I, I don't want it on me. You know, like, like <laughs> okay, I get it. I'm not like I'm not like heartbroken. I understand, yeah, yeah, you it's know? understandable. Uh, it's it takes a, a certain unique... kind of certain kind of person to to get that tattooed on them. And sure, or even what or to even want it on their wall. But yeah, I mean, right, I do get some right. people that that allow me to tattoo my paintings on them and that's just like this is awesome yeah. that you know you're almost even after all the years of doing it you're still like are you sure you really <laughs> really gonna let me do it and then like you know you feel bad for charging them because you're like i should be paying you right, <laughs> right. But it doesn't go away you know it's yeah. exciting but um I know another person that i had tattooed in the past i i wound up tattooing like again it was like they got a flower somewhere at a, at a shop that they weren't happy with they came in someone was like oh talk to dan you know and um so she didn't know who i was and i talked to her i said yeah maybe we could do this and we went up tattooing it and fixing it up and bringing it to life and she was really happy and um i gave her my business card yeah you know thank you next time you're ready you know here you go and uh so she makes another appointment with me even before she leaves she says yeah okay let's do another one set it up so then she comes back whatever like a month later and she's sitting in the chair and we're doing another flower she's not getting an alien fetus you know but she's getting <laughs> another flower and she's like, so I went to your website. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. This is awesome. She's like, if I just let you know, if I seen that before I met you, I would never come in. And I was like, that's like a compliment, I guess. She's like, what? She's like, what's with all the weird alien? And I'm like, I don't know, it's fun. I was like, this is what I do, you know? Right. And she's like, you should really just do flowers. Your flowers are so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a lot nicer and i'm like that's i like thank you thank you for the compliment but <laughs> but like it's funny because yeah i can do it i don't really showcase that i do it but i do a little bit of everything um, not, not everybody likes flowers as much as she does no know? it's like I mean, a varied I, world yeah. out there but i just thought it was funny that you know she she met me she didn't know that that art even existed <laughs> and then she went and saw it and it was like whoa now so the, what's with that <laughs> the, the really cool thing would be if she ends up coming back around and starts liking that kind of art Yo, that would that be is, cool that's happened too i've tattooed people for like a lot of my clientele's referrals return clients i've even been tattooing people so long that they've brought their kids in now to get tattooed where the kid oh, might have cool. been 10 and i'm tattooing them and, you know, the kid comes in and like, all right, you know, go back in the car. And then, you know, 10 years later, the kids, oh, you got to tattoo my kid. They want their first tattoo. So like oh, cool. full circle. That's amazing. But I've even had a couple clients where they're like, 
the, and it's funny too because i i know what they mean that like you know that undertone language where they're like so i think i'm ready and i'm like oh this is interesting what, what are you ready for and like i think i'm ready for one of your tattoos i think i want to let you put something on my foot it's always like off you know off no one can see it but i've had a couple people let me do basically car blanche whatever i want and oh, it'd, be the, cool. it'd be the last person in the world you would think that would want something <laughs> like that and i i approach it with respect you know what i mean i'm not gonna yeah, like you're oh, not gonna you're getting, <laughs> you know give them like a weird elongated skull you're me- yeah you're meeting, and, meeting them halfway there yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so you're like all right cool i won't like i won't make you regret it because i want you <laughs> yeah, to get right. something else to, yeah, but, yeah yeah that's right. happened that's super cool yeah that's amazing what a trip well, do you um, have any tattoos? Do you have any tattoos? I do. I have my first tattoo I got in 1986 when I turned 18. Oh, yeah. It was a little, a little peace sign. <laughs> Yo, I did that tattoo. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people did that tattoo. But it's funny. It's, it's really wild you show me that because when people ask me, when they sit in the chair, you have like the go-to questions. People like to ask how long you've been tattooing. Right. What's your worst client? What's the craziest thing you've ever tattooed? And um, the answer I have, and it's truthful, like, what's the worst experience you've had? I tattooed that peace sign the size of a dime on somebody. And it was a female. She passed out. (laughs) And this was like, yeah, she passed out. And it's not super uncommon that people can get lightheaded, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't happen a lot. Passing out is really rare, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe like it's weird. Especially from a dime, a dime size piece. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of time. It's not from the pain. It's the anxiety. It's the, you know, they get themselves so worked out. I've had somebody pass out in the chair when I was drawing on them with a pen. You're wow. thrown on them and wow. they get all sweaty and you're like, what's going on? And they just like go out and you're like, wow. Whoa. And that's, that's happened once, you know, 17 years of tattooing that happened once. Yeah, yeah. But the lady who got the uh, peace sign, you know, it started it and she was like, oh, you could tell when someone, their, their skin gets cold, they get sweaty and they, they, you know, they're not really responsive and you get them sitting down, you know, so they don't fall. And um, so she like, she passed out, got her in the chair so she didn't fall on the floor and she came back, you know, like a couple seconds. It's not like they're out for like an hour, you know, right, they're out right, just for like right. five seconds. She comes back. Okay, here's some candy. Here's some, you know, get a drink, you know, put the fan on them. And then um, give her a couple minutes. And then she's like, oh, okay, I just don't feel good. I'm like, okay. So I get her the trash can. I'm like, oh, man, she's going to get sick. And then she gets up out of the tattoo chair and lays on the floor. Like, you know, it's like a tile floor, you know, oh, yeah. and she just lays down and I'm like, oh no, like, what's this? <laughs> it's the first time this is happening. So then she's just like, oh, it's just nice and cold down here. I'm like, okay. I mean, we keep everything clean, but right. still you don't want the person on the floor. So she's on the floor and then she kind of gets on her knees. She throws up in the trash can and then she passes out again. And it's like, oh, no, it's like, why did I even do this? Tattoo? You know, like, and it's just like, you're like, oh, you feel so bad. You know, you don't want anyone yeah, to have that experience. Right. But that was the single worst, like, and then I had to finish it because it was like half a circle. It was like a C, you know, <laughs> and you're like, I got to finish this thing. And she was not having a good time. And then um, wow. it was like fat, fast forward, like six months later, I was behind her in Wawa one day and I pretended like I didn't know who she was because I didn't want to you know, go through that experience <laughs> of being like, yeah, I remember you and then have to lie that it wasn't a big deal, but it was. A big deal. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. But the little one just like that. So. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and I got one other one, too, which is my 
triangle okay. another nice. simple one tattoos uh, triangle yeah. five which was my my uh big spiritual chetrometry uh, yeah, yeah spiritual to commemorate my spiritual awakening and my crazy acid phase and um, well even that tattoo i mean we see that a lot too we're like it's a isosceles triangle right is mm -hmm. that i guess all the sides are even straight mm -hmm. lines yeah. that's a difficult tattoo that's a challenging tattoo you yeah. have three <laughs> perfectly straight lines on right. a curved surface that moves you know you're dictating how that comes out if you're sitting still or moving around right, right. yeah but they can be challenging a lot of time people miss uh they, they think that the simple ones like that are like super easy, right? but that's right. the one that I would stress out. If someone came in and wanted like a, a photorealistic skull with like something, a glowing eye, it's like, okay, cool. I could do that. But right, it's like, right. oh, here's <laughs> four perfectly parallel straight lines. It's like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. You know, like that's the challenging one. Cause if there's any degree of it not being perfect, right, right. it's obvious. Your eyes will notice it. You don't have to be a trained it's artist true, yeah, to know yeah. when a straight Makes, line is wrong. Yeah, And everyone will love to show you if you made a mistake on something like that where <laughs> if you do a skull and there's like you know extra shading under the cheek or it you know what you know it just yeah, looks like it's exactly. an artistic choice right right so yeah that kind of stuff i'm like oh, i'm too busy i can't do that straight line you want <laughs> i wonder yeah. if um if hey hey hold on one second yeah get them <laughs> you guys you guys are getting loud Sorry about that. No, man. For people what are they doing? Playing a game? Yeah, one's on VR and the other's on TikTok, I think. Oh, um, <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say now? Oh, I was wondering. So it's like, what do you do if you screw up a tattoo like that? Like in the well, middle of it, do you like thicken the lineup if it gets crooked? I bet. I bet there's ways of dealing with mistakes. You don't let them. Like you don't let them you're not you're not done the tattoo until it's perfect you know you just keep working it and each say like we say screw up a tattoo or if there's an imperfection or something happens during the process that leads to something not looking the way it was intentionally you know planned you have to figure out how to make it look either like it was meant to be or uh, make right. it work so that's that's like half of it you know what i mean like right. you just make it look good you don't let them leave with the tattoo that looks like you messed up <laughs> i mean even if you're doing a straight line and they pull away it, it's right. your fault right like look what the guy did to me right he screwed up my line so it's never oh i sneeze that's why it looks like that right it's always right. your, your tattoo artist you know he's crazy you, you gotta me. take responsibility for it no matter how yeah, it happened <laughs> yeah don't let them leave until it's it looks perfect you know what i mean okay let me ask you i've never asked a tattoo artist this because it never occurred to me but has there ever been something that somehow got so screwed up that you're like let me take a or not you but anybody maybe we should let's take a little break real quick and go and talk to the other guys it's like could you come and help me with this or I'm have sure. a look at this and see I'm sure early on <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure something happened where you're like i need to i need someone to help me out of this i mean i've never had anybody finish a tattoo for me or anything like that but right but just getting you know, another eye on it and yeah and i mean working with people that you know you know like we said before i've been working with the same guys for a long time it's almost like you can talk without 
you can talk in front of people without it being obvious, like right, right, about right, right. something, right? Like, oh, so what are you gonna do with the background? You know, code like, yeah, you better put a background on that thing, <laughs> you know, like something like that, or like, oh, I like what you did there. Are you going to add, you know, you're right, the thing you left out? <laughs> so, oh yeah, no, we were gonna put that in at the end, you know. Yeah, but, um, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's it's good to have reference for tricky things like that. So you can, you know, refer back to it. But even just taking a break or yeah, you could have somebody look at it. But yeah, you don't want somebody in the chair to think or feel like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, as long as you're bad. confident and you keep going, you know, you just the outcome with a long enough time to work. But right, it's one right. of the problems with the medium of tattooing, though, is you could only have so many shots on that area of skin before it's not going to heal properly. You know what right. I mean? You're going to mess them up. So there's a lot of limitations with that tattooing. And that's again, why I, I put so much time into my other work because it's like finally a release of, I can work on a piece as long as I want to, when it's on canvas right, or board, right. I, you know, I can come back to it for a month every morning, you know, and, and until I'm happy with it, I can keep working where with a tattoo, it's like, First, it's what kind of they want on their body, what they'll allow you to do, how long they can sit, you know, and if they want to come back to work on it more. You right. know? There's artists out there that work in layers with tattooing, just like, you know, you work with layers and painting and their clients will come back when it's completely healed and they'll just work more and more and more. Right. And they can achieve some amazing things. I mean, you know who Nick Baxter is, right? Oh, he's a, Yeah, I want to get him on the show. He's amazing. Oh, yeah, I, Absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I don't know him. I've never talked to him, but just from seeing his work and what he talks about and seeing, you know, the stages of him work and it looks like he's layering colors, you know yeah, what I mean? And unbelievable. I mean, yeah, well him and, you know, uh, there's so many good artists Guy out there Atchison right now. I mean, and, yeah. Oh, Guy Atchison is the man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his reinventing the tattoo book, it, it, it blew my mind. You know what hmm. I mean? Um, it's a great art book for even non-tattooers to like get into um did you ever even look through it at all the, the no. reinventing the tattoo book no he no. originally did it um i was saying in my apprenticeship there was like an old copy in a binder three ring binder and it would just come right you could buy it but it was like printed out sheets like from uh oh, xerox wow. or whatever staples um and then a couple years later he actually redid it and made like a beautiful hardcover book with color pictures and that he breaks down i mean a lot of tattoo tattoo technical side of things but also like how to lay out artwork complementary tones and textures mm, and wow. lines yeah i mean you know um the way things behind they'll fade out they're not in focus you have things going behind the line doesn't connect i mean all this stuff that like when i'm reading it back then when i was learning how to tattoo it was also teaching me a lot of like oh, you know, layering cool. techniques yeah um and it's great i mean that's funny because anybody asked me anything like you should read that book even if you don't tattoo it's a great book right yeah yeah, yeah i had i had actually we he was going to be on the podcast a long time ago yeah he's and, the man yeah he and he's super cool too um super nice guy and we got on and he was having some kind of connectivity issues so we were like okay okay we'll, we'll try again and then he got busy yeah. and, he, and he couldn't come back and i had and i had to reschedule and it just got lost in the shuffle but um yeah he's yeah he's, he's I on my even list imagine i couldn't even imagine how booked up he is with one tattoo work and i mean he's another guy that just like how is he painting this stuff i mean i know it's go to yeah. his website i mean his paintings they're they're all big they're all huge right and they're all like they look like they're 200 hours you know right. and then it's like and he's tattooing full-time he's traveling 
Well, that's what you—that's what you see. I think with the, a lot of the the really really people that are working at such a high level in that field or any field really, you know, come to think of it, it's like they're they're obsessed with it. Yeah, they just do it constantly because they're so into it. You know, they can't not do it. Right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, like Nick, Nick Baxter's his his when I was first getting involved in the tattoo scene, doing conventions and stuff, I met him and and saw his work and just his tattoo work was like, yeah, wow, different. Yeah, it's yeah, it was unrealistic, glowing and just, you know, um, I was I think I was kind of stoned the first time I saw his tattoo stuff online. So it kind of (laughs) it was kind of like extra. uh, exciting but um um but then seeing his painting work and it was just like that's crazy yeah. you know it's like that level of focus and detail was like wow like yeah really left me dumbfounded it's a different type of species you know it's like a yeah, evolution yeah, it's an advanced human brain yeah. <laughs> I, I liked i just i just like they're aliens uh, he's an alien yep. you know they're all aliens <laughs> totally yeah yeah um so uh what i I don't know if goals is your is your is the right question but what i mean where do you see your what do you (laughs) what do you want uh from your fine art career like what are you looking for i guess goals in the future where do you want to take it are you just doing this for fun and just see where it goes or do you have like plans or or, or anything or yeah what? if i could if i could split my time i would say like i would say evenly painting and tattooing that would be in my idea like the perfect relationship of both outlets of art you know you get to to do the tattoo side of it and then also your own work i mean right that would be great i mean if that eventually happened awesome um i can't ever see not tattooing right like even if if I would to think like, what would retirement be? Like, say like you had yeah, an opportunity yeah, I don't to ever, stop working and retire. I would never stop painting. I would still find a way to tattoo certain things, specific right. things. Yeah, because you love it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I couldn't, you can never imagine not doing it after doing it for so long. Right. Um, you know, like it would just be a, a, a way to prioritize the different pieces you were taking. But as far as my paintings, I mean, just getting better and better and, you know, and, and learning and having fun with it consistently, I, I wouldn't want to do the painting at a point where it stressed me out and right. I felt like I had to do it. Like, you know, it, and again, I understand if that's like a job, you get the point of the job that you have to get it done. You got these right. deadlines. I mean, I hear you. You know, when you interview other people, I listen to podcasts. <laughs> you hear too. me complaining all the time. <laughs> well, not, no, it's not even complaining. It's it's you're realistic about it. Right. And then I think a lot of times people romanticize the idea of a painter. I, you know, it's like, oh, you're so lucky. You just get to do that. And it's yeah, like, just get to so do whatever much, you want. <laughs> there's so much involved that prevents you from doing the work. You know what I mean? That you right. still have to do. And then you have to do the work. Um, I'm, I've, you know, done a couple shows, but even like having those deadlines, it's so it's so weird. Even if they're like a month out, it's in the back of your head, and you're like, oh, "I gotta get this done. I gotta right, do it." Right. And that's the time you want to do every other thing that you could think of. Right? <laughs> you get all these. You get inspired in so many different directions to do a million other things besides the one thing you have to get done. Right. So right. you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we'll just keep going and see what happens. But you know, definitely always keep 
getting better. I feel like there's, there's something else that I can find and discover in what I'm doing. I mean, if I look at the timeline, I was actually just looking back at some of the, the older paintings I've done, you know, in, on my computer to, you know, you go through the years and you're like, Oh, okay. I can start to see a progression mm, oh, yeah. and it makes, it makes you excited to see where that progression goes. Right. Cause oh, every yeah. year, every year that you're in, it's like, this is the best I am. You know what I mean? And then you right. get a little better. And at the time, it's almost like you can't even imagine what you're going to learn next because, okay, this is looking good. And then you learn that new trick or whatever it is, technique, right. and you look back, you're like, oh, it was so stupid. I didn't do this to my old paintings. Right. Then you don't want anyone to see your old paintings. You're like, man, that wasn't really that good. <laughs> so if it keeps going that way, you know, one day, you know, hopefully they're good enough to do something with. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I think that, I think that you, I've, I found that like, once you hit a level where you feel totally comfortable with it, like you're, you know, you can do it every time, you know, you, mm -hmm. you, because you've done so much of it. I'm sure it's exactly the same with tattooing. Um, you, there's a level when you get to this level of comfort or mastery of the medium, then you start thinking, okay, or at least this is how it was for me. Once I hit a certain level where I'm like, okay, I can do this. And, and I'm talking like, you know, 10 years in you know hmm. really solid to where it's like i felt i felt really comfortable after 10 years finally and um it became i went through a phase where it's about like efficiency like how can i add to this i because it's like the monster thing it's this endless well for me i just feel like mm -hmm. i'm just happy to keep painting these weird ass monsters and it's more like okay i you know part of something new to add to the puzzle game is how can I do this as efficiently as possible? And then I got really into studies and planning things out so that, that when I went to paint the thing, it was like a fast and easy, fun process. You and, keep uh, refining your process. Yeah. More yeah. More to get, yeah. Yeah. So it becomes, and you can probably do more paintings because of that. Right. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've gotten more efficient and in turn, you actually can produce more work, which is the good side of it. You get to get to that fun. Right. Part even quicker. Right. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And, and it's like, there's a, yeah, there's, so there's like a, a certain kind of enjoyment in, in efficiency and, and, and doing it kind of with the least amount of effort and the least amount of futzing around. And so, uh, yeah, more of a pure just execution of what you want and need to get done right. instead of messing around with, you know, the meat right. of it, that's not important. Yeah. 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 And then, it but then on the other hand, it's, it's funny because it's like, there's, I swear life has this way of, um of like you know keeping things level no matter what no matter how good something goes there's always something to keep it in balance no matter how bad there's always something kind of yeah. that we judge as good to keep it in balance so no matter how far you get there's always like a counterbalance to that so to the point like where <clears throat> you hit a point where you suddenly you hit maximum efficiency right and you can just crank on these things and do them quickly and then you start losing the thing you give up for that is, is a, is a little bit of spontaneity and yeah. more looseness maybe, or more uh, opportunities for the happy accidents to happen because you're so focused on prep work, you know? Sure. So it's like, you give that up in order to get that. And then usually what will happen is you'll, then you'll achieve that thing you tried and you're like, okay, I'm missing this. So I'm going to go back this way a little bit. And then hopefully you're zigzagging, but you're going up still. 
You know what I mean? Sure. You're going back and forth, but still making or forward steady progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things that you, it's hard to explain because it's, it's that your journey into getting to that next level. Is so specific to what you're doing, you know? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. It's very personal yeah, I, for each artist. I, I agree with what, you, what you're saying. It makes sense. And yeah, you, you, you start maybe eliminating the process or something that you did with the painting that you didn't think was good, but then later you're like, oh, now I'm missing it and you implement it again. But maybe even at that later date, you get more out of it. Right. So it's like, so, but you wouldn't have known it was there unless you went through it and got away from it just to revisit, come back. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, know, exactly. Being an artist, it's just like the whole, <laughs> it's everything that you've ever done brought to, you know, the point where you're working at that moment. Right, right. Yeah, and you could even like <clears throat> give yourself challenges and, you know, limit your, palette super limited as a way of like you spurring your creativity and just kind of playing this game it's really sure. this game we're playing you know it's like, yeah, we're sitting, we're, it's like we're sitting and playing solitaire except it's like solitaire with a purpose <laughs> <laughs> yeah with an outcome yeah yeah <laughs> and the and the artifact of the the game is the painting you know it's like the process i i i really i still feel like you know i know to collectors the the artifact is the thing yeah. and and to me it's the process it's like that's the game sure. that's the fun game and if i win the game it means the painting if i end up with a good painting i won the game and but i'm then you not get a like, level up play the next round yeah right? exactly exactly but it's like yeah. i don't want to sit and stare at the at the uh you know the the screen at the end that says i won for like the rest of my life it's sure. like i'm just i'd rather someone else enjoy it i want to keep playing the game because that's what's fun sure. for me you know that was the journey was yeah that's the thing you tell stories about about how you got there not you know that one time you won yeah right um, <laughs> it's all it, about it, the journey really it is it, absolutely and it reminded it, it made me think of something as uh you know you're talking about all those little things that you put into the painting and, and you know the journey um I was looking at a painting one time and I don't know if you, when you look at work, do you get like real close to it and you want to see all those little imperfections, little things Yeah. as an artist, you want to experience, you want to see those steps, right? Yeah. And, and you want you to have, recognize, you want to go, Oh, I know how he did that. Yeah. And then you, you, you go, Oh, how did he do that part though? It's like, it's, sure. but it's so cool to recognize something in there that you go, yeah, I know what he did there. Yeah. And it was explained to me that like you experience art, like as an artist, you want to get up on it because that's like when you're creating, that's how you're putting it. So your right. relationship with painting is that you're this close. Right, I found myself right. going up to paintings and wanting to see and seeing like, oh, is there beard hairs in this painting? Like, right. mine, you know, um, but that's one of the things we're, we're losing too with like all the work that you see online, you get, you know, the paintings are this big and people are scrolling through them you don't even see all those little details right and Although that's th th there are you know one cool thing i think it was dos diablos maybe sent me a link of all these famous old masters painting high-res yeah. photos oh okay that you could just zoom in as close oh, as you great. want and it's just like was like so cool so the potential is there for yeah, people that want to take the time and not look on their phone and go look on their monitor yeah. and search yeah. it down but i agree it's like as far as like a Again, we have got the trade-off thing. It's like there's more art than ever to see, and it's as easy as looking at your phone, but the trade-off is the pictures are this big. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like six of one, half a dozen of another. It is hard to get photos. That's kind of what I've been messing with now, um, trying to take better photos of the work because you put 
all that time, that whole journey, all the effort you put in. And then if you don't get a good photo right. of it, you're showing something that's lacking, you know? Right. Um, Are you, do you I, photograph it yourself, your stuff? Yeah, I am. I am. But I'm, I'm kind of I'm learning, you know, I build a little photo booth in my basement. I, you know, blacked out everything. Actually, uh, you had Brian Brown on the, the podcast. Mm-hmm. He walked me through how to like set up lighting and oh, a little cool. photo room and using like a double polarized filter situation. Right using i i like made a little pod of like blackout curtains and i have the painting and my lights that i can manipulate the the light waves and match it with my camera but still i i, I still you have all the <laughs> tools and i i take pictures and i take them on every setting and then i'll go <laughs> to the computer and you just pay you know it's 600 of the same picture and you're like that not one of them looks good right so you take yours to a photographer correct yeah 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 and he i oh. actually he takes um you should have he, him on explain what he's doing. No, so shit. Can, yeah. <laughs> no shit. I should have Larry Underhill. He used to work yeah. for uh, JPL uh, jet propulsion lab in Pasadena, which is like a big, you know, uh, rocket, big rocket contractor. He took pictures of he rockets of little p- hardware for rockets, uh, like to catalog it. Oh, so wow. That was his job. He's retired from that now, but um, so he's like a pro. And so what I have him do is because I usually, it's usually a time rush. And so I drop them off. He takes the pictures. I go and pick the painting back up because I have to get it framed or something. And then he sends me the the digital files in raw format. And so then I can open them up in the raw format, which has more, way more information, like Mm -hmm. bit depth or whatever color information. So I can adjust the exposure and adjust the colors the way i need to it gives you way more control than just like the regular color control does he send you just one photo of each each one he usually he usually saves me a smaller jpeg and then he sends me a he used to send me a tiff but now i just told him just send me the raw files now that i have adobe lightroom which is like a, okay. a plug-in and and since getting that it's like i can do all the adjustments because i know how that i know when it looks right you know what yeah, i mean you were there like, you were there yeah, you good. were staring yeah. at that thing for how many hours and and if and if I'm not sure, like in in the ideal world, I'll have the painting right there and I could look at it. But um, I, I adjust that way. But I was going to say one thing that's crazy is this last show, that chaos show I did, the, my last yeah. solo show at Copro. Man, those photos were so hard to get right. I don't know if it, I think it was because the reds and oranges or something, but it was a bitch. It's like the certain paintings I didn't I don't think. I don't think we'll ever be right as a photo. There's a couple of them huh. that were like, because there was so much depth to them and there was, there were so many thin layers to it. It wasn't like a lot of opaque paint. It's like the photons of the red were coming through. And it's just yeah. like, it's you really broke weird. the camera. I think I broke that's, the that's camera. the new step. Chet broke the camera. His paintings were so badass. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you mean because I do a lot of when I get into like after I airbrush, I'll get into thin liquid glaze layers of oil paint over my airbrush because I airbrush painting in acrylic on board and then I start painting oil on top of it. And I'll do very thin layers of trans transparent colors to build up that skin tone. So, right. you know, like you're saying the photons bouncing back. I mean, that's how you perceive colors is the light waves going through and coming back. Right. And it's almost like if you tune in the, the filter that I'm using on my camera, you can get some of them, but then you lose some of them. Right. So right. it's, it's almost like you can't, you would almost have to take three photos 
and then layer them in a way that each one or just go see the original painting (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah that's that's i mean there's a kind of a cool it's not practical for us as artists especially if we want to monetize our monetize our work or make it more available to people through prints and things like that you want like a master sure always i mean i can't stress it enough to newer artists because there's a, a number of paintings I let go without getting photos of it and I'll always regret it, but you always have to catalog your work always. And it's not so much of an issue now because iPhones and smartphones are so, the cameras are so good that the least you can do is take a decent picture with your, with your camera phone. Sure. But, um, <clears throat> it's, uh, uh, it's just so, so important to, uh, to catalog everything. But what I was going to say is like, it's kind of cool that a painting can't that the only real way to see it is in person like there's the, only the, one original yeah yeah and to see it in person is like it, it's limits to who can have that experience though is the thing that's why museums are so great i suppose you know yeah, anyone, and collecting can, work you know, right. collecting originals is a whole nother level i mean the original paintings that i was able to acquire it's so i mean i guess because i'm an artist so i'm partial to it but like just looking at them i i you notice them every day, but the more you look at them, the more you see, Right. And, you know, they're there and you get to, you know, all those little details and see it. And, you know, I walk by some paintings that I have and you're just like, damn, I got to get better. Right. Like each right. one <laughs> is just like a reminder how good you can be. Right. Yeah. So, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It is cool. It's yeah. Super inspiring. I'm always so inspired when I see great work in person. Now, you, you, I know you did. Um, I saw you posted, you made an NFT. Is that what they're called? NFTs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, did you capture that image different or you just got it photographed? No, that was the- one of, that was one of the, one of the paintings from that show that, that I was able to make it look exactly like the. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it was the raw image photographed. You figured it out. You made it look good. And that's what you use to mint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you save them as J high uh, uncompressed JPEG, JPEGs. Okay. That's how I did it. It's like. I, I was it's like the highest quality that I could get within the size um and yeah it looks amazing yeah that's a whole other weird yeah. thing the nft space that I've just started getting into it's like there there is that um unless you're a digital artist it's like a godsend for digital artists because they don't have any way of like saying this is the original you know yeah. what I mean but from my uh, my one buddy used to do digital art and this is way back before nfts i used to joke with them i used to joke with them like the only way that that can be the original is if you super glue the memory card in the in the ipad right like (laughs) you plug it in you glue it in and that's it it's you have to buy the thing because that was always an argument that we would have like oh no it's art and i'm like it's got no soul (laughs) you know but uh yeah that that, no i respect it it's good yeah just it's i've you know, I started getting, looking into it and it's so much bigger than I expected. It's so like, you know, on the surface, it sounds stupid. Like, Oh, they're selling JPEGs. It's like, it sounds ridiculous. And when I, mm-hmm. I had the same response, it was like, this is stupid. This is a, this is a trend. And then I started lo- reading about it and learning about it and getting involved in like following people on Twitter and getting in listening to the, you know, the Twitter spaces and people discussing it. And it's like, it's it's about the community it, more than anything and it's like people there's so much everybody thinks it's just about the money and the money part is 
amazing, you know, really sure. potentially like life-changing for a lot of artists, which is, which is huge. And it's not a bad thing for gets, someone to get paid for the work. You know? Yeah, exactly. Every time it resells, you, you automatically get a cut and there's no middleman. Yeah. It just goes right to you. But, um, but aside from that, it's like the potential to do all kinds of things. So many different things are, are just creatively like so exciting and to see the community being like, so to see like, uh, lots of people really into art is just so energizing to me. I got on there and it's like, I've never seen, I never have seen so many people in my life just like being excited about new art being created and collecting yeah. art and sharing their art. It's like, it's like everything that the regular art market is except for an original piece on your wall. And it's like, these people live online. Mostly they don't have people mm -hmm. over at their houses necessarily. It's like, it's most people are living online. So it's like, it makes more sense for people who are their social circles are online to have a place to show their digital art. You know, it's like, it's cool to be able to see an original piece, of course. And you can still, as artists, we can still sell original pieces. We can still make prints. We can still do everything else we did. And now we have this other element for maybe people that, are more suited to that kind of art. So it's, sure. and it'll, it'll probably help in all the different realms too. That trickles down. And oh all yeah. Over, you know, if people are in NFTs, they they're going to want to maybe go to more art shows, maybe an NFT art show. And absolutely. And they're going to see another gallery, you know, so oh, I, I yeah. don't, I don't think it would hurt anything. Yeah. If anything, it's going to help as long as people stop stealing all the, each other's right. work, you know? So. Right. Well, someone, you know, I saw someone make a point about it that like, there's, you know, people say there's, it's a, there's money laundering, which I'm sure there is money laundering in NFTs. And in the art market? No. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what this that's what uh, yeah. she was saying on this post. It was like, um, you know, people are complaining about that in NFTs and artwork being stolen and reproduced. It's like it happens in the regular art market too. But no one says like we shouldn't support yeah. the regular art market. It's like this. It's that's the other thing that tripped me out when I started learning about it. It's exactly like the art market. It's exactly yeah. like it, except it's it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. It's except the same because it is an it's art got, market. Yeah. yeah, it's got the yeah. it's got the good and the bad. It's more like the modern version of the art market is what it's like. And, uh, sure. and it's way more active than the regular, as far as I'm aware of, of, a, and I'm pretty involved in the regular art world. It's like the regular art market times a hundred. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's, and it's so exciting and it's so exciting. The potential for, you know, the fact that everything in the future is going to be on the blockchain between everything's, I believe yeah. everything's going to be on the blockchain. Like, stores when they stock their items it's going to be on the blockchain it's immutable you can't change it you know you enter it all of everything everything you can think of um uh, industrial it only makes wise. sense it yeah. makes sense that it would go in that direction i mean anytime there's a new technology or new something that people are doing you have a bunch of people saying that no one's ever going to do it. And <laughs> it takes over and yep. then everyone just has to catch up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're getting involved early on, that's, that's definitely positive. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm excited. I just, I feel like, you know, I feel bad for people because there's a lot of people that just hate it and they, it's like, well, they, they probably hate, you know, yeah, something a lot of else. Things. <laughs> there's, yeah, they're just taking it out on what people are like, you know. Yeah, are you yeah. like that? That's fun. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> they're and trying was... to make you unhappy, just like they're unhappy. Right, right. You know, and I was there in the beginning of that. I, I was like that too. So, so I, I know I can see it from both sides. But to me, it's like exciting and, and potential. And, and, um, you know, there's 
I'm not even just thinking about me. I'm thinking about friends of mine that have never been, that are amazing, amazing artists that have never been able to really crack making a decent living in the regular mm. art world for whatever reason. It's not, and it has nothing yeah. to do with how great their art is. It's like, this might be the chance in a lifetime for them. So I'm excited for that. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, I, I had a feeling NFTs were going to come up at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I saw that you had made one. So I think, right. what is, does it go to like an auction block or like, what, yeah, how does someone even go about even trying to get something like it that? Gets, you, you choose a, a, uh, a place to mint it and, and register it on the blockchain. And the one I'm using is foundation and it's a decentralized blockchain website. So it's registered on the blockchain. And then on Friday, I'm going to, I think at noon, I think I'm going to do it at noon. High noon. Pacific time. High noon. High noon. Then it'll it'll go live for like 24 hours. I'm just going to promote it this week. And um, yeah, see, I got, I know I got a few people interested so far. So yeah, man, I hope you get all the Bitcoins. Like you get them all. (laughs) Well, it's It's, it's easy. Ethereum that they that it runs on Ethereum, but I can turn that into Bitcoin or regular money yeah. or whatever. But I'll take all the Bitcoins. Sure. It's super cheap right now. It's super cheap. It's like cheaper probably than it's ever going to be again because we had this. There's a crazy crash in the market right now. Um, but it, there's a finite supply. It's never going to. It's not going to zero. It's only going to go up overall. So if it's something, not financial advice, but. it's not financial advice but man i i I, you hear those stories about people that bought bitcoin when it was like 15 bucks i know there was when it went up to like what was it uh it was like thirty thousand or whatever like i don't know what is it now it's it's, now it's around forty one thousand, and okay it went up to like 60 something for a while yeah yeah it was supposed to go to like a hundred thousand at the end of the year and now everyone's like thinking that it's an extended cycle that's going into this year. And so everyone's kind of waiting people, people, all the, it's like, if you look at all the billionaires and, and people that know what to do with money, they're the ones buying right now. Everyone else is freaking out and selling their shit yeah. at a loss or a lot of people are, but the, you, you watch what the smart financial sure. people are yeah. doing. Yeah. And it's like, they know what's up. They're buying it now. Cause it's cheap. Cause it's going to yeah. go back up. But Anyway, that's a whole other, <laughs> a whole nother a whole other, t- whole other, it's a whole nother dimension. It really is. It's it just is. a whole nother layer of life that will, will happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's totally crazy. It's totally crazy. Um, so what are you working on now with your, with your uh, artwork? You got anything specifically or you just kind of doing your thing? Yeah. Just still doing my morning painting. So I got, I got a piece I'm working on more just creatures that come out of the mess, out of the, the chaos and, that's that's the process now i i took i don't say it took time off but you know over the christmas break that's just so chaotic i didn't really paint for like a week and then i hurt my back and i was trying to like give it some time before being hunched over the painting so that's starting to feel better but i was still tattooing so that wasn't really helping but then we got we got hit with like two big snowstorms so i was out there shoveling that's not good for your back you know it's just like it's always something you know (laughs) know. (laughs) but I've been getting back on it this week. I started a new painting. It was probably a good week to two weeks that I wasn't doing anything. It was probably the longest I've went in years. So I'm, I'm, Oh really? Yeah. I'm getting right back into it. So it's, it's weird. Cause without doing it, 
it, it bothers you. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. It yeah. doesn't seem like that's a long time, but to not paint for a week, it's like, what, what's going on? Like, you know, I got to get to it. And I start getting a little, uh, agitated you yeah. know, start yelling at the cat you know <laughs> shut up like, all right you need you need to paint you need to get yeah. some of that aggression it's out like essential it it's essential for your mental health if you really if you're an artist that has to create work whatever medium you're doing it's like you have to do it or it puts you in a pissy mood and when you do yeah. it you well that energy it, has to you know? come out yeah. right it's got to come out somewhere so it comes out probably in the wrong way if you're not right. putting it into the channel right, right avenues that you're used to you know conducting that energy towards exactly so one thing i did want to ask you um that i haven't asked ask you away what how how did you okay it's like you're to to me my interpretation of your work is like it's aliens like the guy says on the history channel yeah it's aliens <laughs> um georgia georgia is the man he knows all yeah. the good stuff <laughs> he came by my booth at monster palooza one time um so i mean do you see it that way or do, do they seem like aliens i think you? that they're entities they're definitely there they might be like multi like multi-dimensional entities multi-dimensionals but maybe they're coming through and i'm processing or perceiving them and they're getting jumbled in the transition of wherever they're coming through, right. through and then i'm kind of getting pieces of them and they're kind of working as one piece right and and usually you know i, I don't know what they're going to be and while i'm working on them you start to see stuff and then you try to understand what's happening you start mm -hmm. making your stories and they always at least in my opinion looking at my work trying to figure out what i'm doing they always have a relationship with each other. So like if right. one is doing oh, yeah. this, the other one is a balance to that. And mm -hmm. if one is like kind of looking like he's a little mischievous up to something, the other one is kind of scared and the one is happy. The one is smarter, has a right. bigger head and he's always like looking up and then, you know, <laughs> it, there's, it's almost like it's its own little universe and it's a balance. Yeah, no, they all seem like in from the same dimension for sure. Yeah, but you know, where, what they mean, uh, you know, whatever, whoever's looking at them thinks they mean is good enough. Yeah. I know what they mean to me. You know what I mean? Um, I just think that they're fun to make and they, you know, there's, there's maybe there's more that come through eventually that will lead me to a, a better understanding what it is. But currently right now, they're just the people I get to hang out with in the morning while I drink coffee and watch, <laughs> watch my podcast. I, 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 that's 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 interesting because it's got me thinking about your your characters now um because yeah to me it's like it seemed like just looking at them without talking to you about it your versions of aliens which is very like uh what's the word i'm looking for it's very simplistic you know mm -hmm. but to hear it's like you know you view them more as kind of multi you know just to put it in a nutshell i know they're more than this really this you know art is deep but the, you describe them more as like interdimensional entities or something in a way like some kind yeah. of entities that is like a more sophisticated version of what aliens probably really are if they are real you know what i'm saying it's like yeah and if they're coming from a plane of existence that's not our three-dimensional world that we so are used to live in i yeah, have to yeah. then filter that to the brain that i was unfortunately born with on this dimension right, and planet right, right. and it comes out using the tools that i can use right that are right. understandable 
to me being the human. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. 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 That totally makes sense. It's and it, and it and it and it adds another dimension, so to speak, to the work too, as well. It's like because they do. Because yes. now that you say that, they feel they definitely feel more like that. They do feel more like entities rather than uh pigeonholing yeah. them as like space aliens it's like they're they're yeah, more I like mean, entities you know well anything that wasn't born on this planet would be an alien so you know by right, definition right, right, right. It would be an alien <laughs> if it's not uh you know an earthling if it's anything else i mean yours are aliens too right you know, if right, they came from right. your dystopia world if it's not the earth they're true. everything's an alien so true, true. yeah if you want to call them aliens that's probably i think the easiest way to explain it right if someone really wanted to talk about it that okay now we can get into yeah, maybe yeah. what they are but like that's just the, a, the short answer right the long answer <laughs> is the one that's unfinished that i'm still trying to figure out as i work through them but it's almost right. like um when did you ever read any like anything on hyperspace or any kind of higher dimensional things where they try to understand a higher dimension by unfolding it into the world that you can perceive like trying to understand a fourth dimensional shape would be an unfolded right. cube right that's three-dimensional right. but it occupies the space but when it comes together it's not seen all at once from what we can see right, right because right. you're only using the perspective that you can see it through so it's almost like if um trans translating them into what i know if they're all mushed up but maybe in another realm another dimension they make more sense because they can occupy right maybe you know yeah, two yeah, different yeah. personalities two different times at the you know sequentially happening that i see them as a head here and a head there but maybe that's two different personalities that are simultaneously you know existing right. but i'm viewing them as separate because they you know i know what it's like to be happy i know what it's like to be sad and angry I would see it as three different heads, but we all have those feelings all at the same time and it's all in one piece, but they're kind of getting right. stretched and mutated. All yeah, out, yeah, so. yeah, but yeah. they're always in, they're always in contact with each other too. So like you can't have the little creepy guy without having the guy over here that has the big head that seems like he knows what's going on, balancing it out or right. even giving him a place to grow off of. Like some of the people are growing off the side of the face it's like, okay, well, you needed the face to have that. So you really right. can't be mad at the face, right? Because <laughs> you needed it to exist. That's your environment. So right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's all important. The whole process, just like we were talking earlier in the podcast, the whole process of start to finish when you're making the work, it, it, it's all the outcome. It, it, every piece is important that, you know, creates the journey that you go on to get to the final product. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's so fascinating. It's like I love talking about art in this way. Um, yeah, the, it, the way that you're talking about it, you, you don't know. So it's yeah. almost like you're speculating. And yeah. That's the same thing, too. <laughs> that's the fun part, too. And I like talking yep. to people about the work when they actually want to discuss it, that they're not looking for like a direct answer. You right. know, like, well, what does it mean? And you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> politics. You know, like, like what, what do you want me to say? Like, I'll just give right. it to you. I'll give you the answer you want so you can leave me alone. But like, <laughs> if you actually want to get in and talk about it, it, it can get, you can get crazy. You spend all night yeah, trying yeah. to figure out what you're trying to figure out and trying to understand something that was, wasn't even there before you start talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's so amazing too. I one mean, of the best, uh, uh, or something that uh, actually the guy was talking about before Ryan, one of the things he said to me that I remember was like, he was like, man, it's a shame that you can't experience your work 
seeing it for the first time when it's done because yeah. you know he'll ask me about like oh you know the process and what i did and what i'm working on and then he gets to see it i bring in painting into the studio i take over studios man the, the walls are just covered in my work because i, I don't want them in my house so i just right. put, put them out there <laughs> so he gets to see the final product and you know he gets his or whoever's viewing it gets their own impression on what it is because they get to see it this is the finished piece right um but you know not being able to see it that way because all the journey along the way I was there. So it's like, it's a memory that's imprinted yeah. of the journey. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I've, I've often thought about that, like, and talked about it, that we, each one of us will never see our work the way most people see it. We can't see it because we can't, can't yeah. because you can't unsee the whole process that yeah. it took to get there. And that colors what you're seeing so much. You, you, it's almost like we will never be able to see our paintings objectively, I guess. Yeah. Way, well, that, that's you know? the, yeah. You said it more eloquently than I was trying to explain, but yeah, that was like the point where you get, you can't see it as we're seeing it because you've experienced it. Right. But, right. Yeah. Which, so, which is, which is so, is such a trip to think that people you don't even know can see your work in a more pure way than you can almost sure in, in a way or more objective or or in, at least in or in a different way just in a way that you can't see it they have they have access it's like maybe they can't make the painting well they can't make the painting because only you can make the painting your own painting yeah they sure. can't make the painting but you can't see the painting the way they do yeah. which is a trip yeah you know what i mean it's... it seems like we could see it both ways but we can't <laughs> no and that's what's I think that's what's cool about it. I mean, it's yeah. like one of the the only things that is that way, right? Like right. you have two different people sharing the same moment or looking at the same thing with two completely different experiences out of it. I don't know too many other things besides art that allows two people to be able to have a conversation about one particular image, one frame of a second right. of a thought. And have you could spend your whole lives talking about it if someone wanted to discuss it about right. what it meant to them or what they saw, what it really was, what it could be. And yeah, it's yeah. totally it's it's what's fun. It's the magic of it and what's, yep. what's fun about doing it. So yeah, completely fascinating. Yeah, that's what I love about it too. Well, that was an excellent conversation, man. Um yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. It's fun. Yeah, I totally appreciate you coming on. Great to talk to you. And um you want to give any i'll put it in the description but if you want to point people to your work that are too lazy to look in the description you could tell them and then they could hear Every, it. everything i have is dan fisher art it's one word d-a-n-f-i-s-h-e-r-a-r-t instagram facebook website danfisherart.com my big cartel dan fisher art i try to keep it easy everything is the same um smart yeah that's basically that's basically it well everybody check it out if you haven't already i'm sure most people listen know your work but if you haven't you will not be disappointed i guarantee you sweet um, thank you yeah well thanks again for coming on and you know the drill we gotta we gotta say goodbye to the audience we have gotta to say, say goodbye to the audience i want to say, say one thing to okay. the audience though okay. can i make a direct yeah. request to the yes. audience yes audience dark art society audience Chat's been doing this podcast. He's doing a lot of work. He's putting all this effort into recording this stuff, putting it out there. He's nonstop doing all this work. We need to step it up. I know I'm going to put a little bit more effort into trying to share it to more people. 
not only shared in social media, it doesn't have to be this episode with me. Find your favorite episode with your favorite artist, share it on social media, tell a friend. If you get one of your artist friends, I think that this community is mostly made up of artists. Mm-hmm. There's got to be one person that everyone knows that would benefit from the right. podcast, yeah. from you know one of the episodes. If you can just make it your your new year's resolution or, or just effort, you know, that it's going to exponentially pay dividends. Just tell one person, if you can get one more person to watch it, list it, share it. I mean, all you gotta do is click a button to share. Let's yeah. get it out there. And um, let's, let's make it more popular because the more people that are involved, the better it gets, man. Yeah. The Facebook uh, community is awesome. And every new person that comes in, it's like, oh, cool. And if I wasn't following them already, it's like, whoa, it's a new artist that I didn't know from across the world. Right. Now they're my new favorite artist. You know, right. so it's amazing. It's, there's no negative of sharing this podcast with everyone, you know. So yeah, I'm wow. going to make a more of an effort on it. And uh, that's I all I wanted it. to say. But, I appreciate uh, bye. that. <laughs> yeah, man. Bye, chat. Bye, audience. See Can't wait to the next one. Take care. Goodbye, audience. Goodbye. <laughs>